Hey there, folks, and welcome back to Beef Six Podcast. It's your homeboy in the place to be, Pasty. And it's the man in all black with a sack in the back of his pants, Fat Mac. And that's just because he's tucking, because you know he ain't bringing that crack. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, yeah. Big week, lots to talk about. I mean, uh, Seth Rollins is gay. Did you hear this? Seth Rollins is gay, but I thought yes, he was dating came Becky out Lynch. Confirmed gay. Yeah, the man. He's dating the man. Oh, shit. A man dating the man. That sounds like gay. <laughs> is he the bitch? I don't know. She's the I man did have this, the bitch. I did have this passing thought of the Kingslayer being pegged by the man. I could see it happening. Yeah, you know what? There's nothing wrong with taking a peg in here or there. Every now and hey. then you gotta give her a little control. Right. That's what it's about. Who who wears the pants which day? It, Plus she's Irish, everybody, so she's probably she's probably stronger than him. She right, he's just from Iowa. Him. He's from fucking Iowa. Oh what come you got, on, corn? oh <laughs> Iowa! Oh my god! I'll take an Irish lady over an Iwegian man any day. Corn and potatoes. Yeah, <sighs> it's, just, it's not happening. Oh, what's better than that though? Uh, 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 how about did you did you hear about these? Um, what the fuck is it called? Uh, the the tag team of Asuka and Kyrie saying the the Bukaki whores. Oh, the Bukaki whores. Well, I I mean I own volume three, seven, and twelve. <laughs> I I didn't notice that Kyrie and Asuka were in them, but maybe they're in uh you know fifteen or something. I don't know. I, I think it's a reboot. I think that's what WWE is going for here. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean Paige is the manager, so that makes sense, right? Well, <laughs> well, you know, she knows about taking a load on the face, that's for sure. Right. You know, if there's like one, a champ, like a champ, if there's one kind of man that I can really appreciate, it's a guy whose job is to just stand there and jerk off with 50 other guys with only one woman in the room. Like, that's a that's a champ. You want to talk about somebody? You just lock your hero? line of sight and you don't let your eyes move whatsoever. That's there's, that's how you get through heroes. that. Those are some some heroes don't wear capes, pasty, and, and, those and they the don't guys. wear condoms either because Bukaki wouldn't work if you wore a condom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just nut in the condom and then dump it on her head. <laughs> uh, well, you know why not? I want to I want to produce that. I will I will pay, I will pay to fund this porn <laughs> because I think I can make my money back on it in, in a heartbeat. Right. Call it the safety dance. We should extrapolate on this a little bit. Are you sure? I think this is all they need to know. I mean, we had the Viking warrior experience from hell. So, some people are confused in the pronunciation of their tag team, and some have come and said Bukaki whores. Actually, if you break it down into syllables, it's actually Kabuki Warriors. Oh. Uh, Kabuki Warriors. I uh, thought similar? that was like... I thought that was kind of not very PG. Yeah. I mean, similar, but um, different. In Vince's eyes, probably the same thing. <laughs> and now announcing Joey Ryan has joined WWE. <laughs> the Bukaki Whores. <laughs> the Bukaki Commander. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, it's it, it, they're going to be a good tag team. It's just, why after this Viking Raider Warrior experience from hell... Would you want to come up with another half-ass tag team name that a lot of people, even without Bukaki horse, are gonna say is 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 racist? So I, 
my biggest thing is I think that Vince is big on this warrior thing all of a sudden. Right, right. Uh, and he wasn't. You could say warrior, but not war. Yeah, um, because f- from what I have read, Oscar and Kyrie came up with the name Kabuki Girls. Yeah. Because Kabuki is a part, especially Oscar's style, very much influenced by the Kabuki. Uh, but Kyrie is very flamboyant, and, and for, I guess for those who don't know, Kabuki They're is a very type of character-ish. Theater. Both of them, yeah. And, and I actually, I, I honestly, with the way Oscar kicks ass and the way Kyrie kicks ass, like Kabuki girls would almost be better in my mindset than Kabuki warriors because they're girls, and then you got that. Oh yeah, they're just some girls, and then they beat the shit out of you. Yeah, I have nothing wrong with Kabuki girls, and I get that Kabuki warriors maybe sound stronger, and I know uh-huh. war- warrior is a term that um, Westerners like to apply to Japanese. I don't know that the Japanese ever used the term warrior. Uh, but basically, Kabuki is a classical Japanese kind of dance drama theater that's really known for stylization, um, elaborate it's makeup, very masks, colorful outfits. Yeah, and in fact, uh, many years ago, there... Some of you might know this, but um, the originator of the the spitting of the mist was the great Kabuki, who was a, a Japanese wrestler, a big, big monstrous dude, painted his face. Great Muda basically emulated him. Great Muda put on the, the paint and spit the mist as well as an homage to the great Kabuki. Um, Actually, fun fact, great Kabuki is, if not the one of Alexa Bliss's favorite pro wrestlers because when she was young her grandma used to uh threaten her and her sisters that if they didn't behave the great kabuki would come and spit mist at them <laughs> i just think that's awesome i've always loved that story about that's how i knew she was a real wrestling fan because so many of these women they're like i've been wrestling fans from the beginning and i i loved seeing trish stratus and beth phoenix and lita and Alexa Bliss comes in, not looking like a wrestler at all, you know, not being in the wrestler. She's like, fuck it, I grew up with the great Kabuki. I'm like, damn, that's a, that's a wrestling fan. <laughs> he lived in my closet and under my bed. <laughs> right? I envy that guy. <laughs> um, so, uh, Seth Rollins dating the man. It's official now. It is official. It's a beautiful thing. What a power couple. I think they are a superpower couple. I love and it. And let's hope Vince goes with it instead of against it. I mean, I think with them being who they are, they're both very solid and headstrong. They're top-tier guys. Yeah. Vince is going to kowtow to them just a little I, bit. I hope this would be a very cool forever couple. I don't know that that exists in pro wrestling, but it would be. I mean, Triple I'd H okay and Steph, well, that's, Vince and Linda. That's a power couple, not a... Edge and Christian. It's true. <laughs> Talk about pegging. Hey, oh. I remember the time that Christian told the story on the WWE Network about how he had to be the pitcher the one time. He was, he just wasn't into it. <laughs> it's not his role, Edge. Or Madame Adam, as he would call him. Well, pitching happens to fall in my wheelhouse. So allow me to pitch to you these sponsors, too. That's right, folks. Qualities T-Shirt Co. of Wilmer, Minnesota, owned and operated by Dad Dude Saint. He puts out the high-quality custom tees, sublimation, heat transfer, and vinyl decals, special gifts, 
sports team shirts, wedding memorabilia, concert merch, and t-shirts for any occasion. These are high-quality packaged products. will show up to you in individually sealed baggies. Guaranteed fresh. But if that pair ain't what you wear, then get yourself to Monster Wear for all your small run or bulk orders on decals, stickers, t-shirts, hoodies, hats, glassware, jerseys, and many other types and styles of fabrics, along with custom graphics and logo services designs offered to you. Monster Wear Clothing is your one-stop shop for all your promotional needs. Great service, quick turnaround times. Locally sourced here in the state of Minnesota by my friend and yours, Corey Matthews, a.k.a. Seelok of Psycho Sane Entertainment. Yes, high-quality products from high-quality, upstanding Minnesota music staples. Fat Mac, I hear you got some music for us, too. You know what? Um, I The Chinese rover that they sent to the moon, it's the first time that anybody's ever actually been to the the dark side of the moon other than uh pink floyd yeah and they're actually right now it's on tv uh t- if if you guys want to turn it over to cnn well no because this is recorded you can't do it now so you'll have known about it by now but pacey <laughs> cnn loke um right. they're talking about this the rover on the dark side of the moon they've been checking out these craters to try to see what exactly the mantle of the moon is made out of and it's i i, I don't know if this is a if this is a joke or if this is a what it is, but they're reporting it right now that they actually found something in the stones, and it it's got like symbols on it. it they're hold on a second there. Okay, I'm just gonna read it right now off of the screen. They they got it right now. What it says is, uh, "Set your phasers to fun and prepare to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon landing in interstellar style." At the fourth annual Galactic Get Down, a three-day outer space-themed Kabuki. Oh wait, nope, they misread it. It wasn't. Um, wait, music and camping festival located on the outskirts of Houston, Minnesota, at the breathtaking Brokeback. Wait, nope. God, I'm reading this live, folks. So they they they're, they're changing it. And okay, Outback Outback Ranch. Two stages, no overlapping music. There is something for everyone at the Galactic Get Down. The festival is farm friendly, and there are plenty of... Wait, no, they said... No, it's family friendly, and there are plenty of activities on site. The festival also provides a variety of artists painting and creating all weekend. There are independent food vendors to satisfy every craving, and with craft and art vendors lining the paths... You will definitely find something to add to your collection of festival gear, Marklar. I don't know what Marklar is. Um, yeah, so that that's kind of cool. And um, oh, the folks that uh, the folks that that brought us this news. Here's kind of running down everybody here on the news team, but uh, we got Dead Larry, the lowest pair, Zach Deputy, Chase Mackay. That one guy, Danny Reese, Cass Haley, the Bob Pat Band, Heat Box, Rampant Roots, Smokin' Joe, Swash Buckler, Reed Grimm, Gus Royale, Space Monkey Mafia, 
John Sullivan. Big Zach's Hip Hop Showcase featuring a flow state. Ira Hayes and the Strays. Mitsawa Musharini. Oh, no, wait. No, that wasn't. Porky's Groove Machine. They didn't even screw that one up. I just misread it. (laughs) Wow. Breaking news that y'all heard here first, even though it's recorded on Beef Sticks Podcast. Well, there you go, folks. The dark side of the moon is tied directly to Houston, Minnesota and some We're gonna bizarre have to turn of events. This. We will give you an update next week, I guarantee. Oh, wait, 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 Pacey. There's a, there, there, there's some kind of a, there's some kind of, some kind of primitive clock. Some kind of primitive clock. It's set to 62 days as of right now. And it looks like it's counting down. Is that a doomsday clock? Um, doomsday or boomsday. I don't know. Moon might crash into the earth in 62 days, folks. Get to Houston, Minnesota. That's where we band together as humanity for one last go. We'll be there. I'm going to be there with money in the bank, baby. Money in the bank, eh? That shit's coming up all fucking ready. I can't believe it. These next few months are jam-packed with shows from from WWE, Ring of Honor, Impact, New Japan, and of course, AEW's Double or Nothing... We're going to have predictions for that next week, Pasty, already. That thing yes, shot we up will. quickly, didn't it? Hot yes. damn, shot up quicker than a fucking heroin addict on a time schedule. Pasty, money in the bank. We got our predictions. We know what's going on. First of all, folks, if you're new to the show, let me just tell you, we're going to run down every single match that we know of that's released for the card. We are going to give our predictions for them. Then, next week, we will see how many of those predictions Pasty got right, how many Fat Matt got right. If we tie, we're going to always have a tiebreaker. We keep track every year. At the end of the year, we find out who won for that year. But, since WWE has trained us that the pre-shows do not matter, in our predictions, the pre-shows don't matter. We will still predict, but we don't count them towards the points. Right. It's just for fun. With that being said, um, we got three matches on the pre-show, it looks like. One of those is going to be the ever-important, but always on pre-show, WWE Cruiserweight Championship. Right. My favorite Anthony, championship. Anthony. Of all time. Tony. Big T. Nice Is defending his championship against the Minnesotan, the man, Aria Devaria. Yes, indeed. This is going to be a battle for the ages. And I think the both of us are probably on the side of the underdog in this sitch, if you will. I just quantize that word. Of everybody on this pay-per-view, this is the only guy that I physically touched. Um, not saying we pegged, not saying <laughs> we didn't, but I'm saying it's the only guy I've physically met and, and touched. So uh, that's that, that always gives him bonus points for me. Pasty... What do you think? Do you think Anthony, Tony, Big T is going to walk away with the goal? Probably, but oh, that's okay. still not the way I'm going. An extra bonus points to uh, Davari if he uses his uh, magic carpet. You've not seen the magic carpet yet since coming to WWE, which is probably smart. It's it's very insensitive. But um, with the new Bukaki Aladdin movie wars. coming out this, this <laughs> next month or this... Either this month or this next month. Um, 
Yeah. Why not bust it out at least once? I'm with you. I'm going with uh, Arya Divari, baby. Um, again, I honestly don't expect him to win it, but I'm, I'm putting all my eggs in this basket. Because let's be honest, Pasty, it doesn't fucking count for points anyways. We could fucking nope, pick no anybody. I pick Andre the Giant. Oh my god, have you watched that HBO uh, documentary yet? Uh, no, no, I have not. I Watch need to. Watch it. You need to. It is awesome. And anybody listening to this, it's on the WWE Network now. Um, I believe it's under original content or whatever they call that. Um, watch it. It's not, it's produced through, with WWE's help, but it's an HBO documentary. Oh, so good. So good. There, there's footage of him wrestling from back in, uh, when he was like 17, 18 in, in France. It's awesome. Nice. I still got to finish watching the Edge and Christian show that totally reeks of awesomeness season two. They kind of lost me when they gave Beth Phoenix her own episode. Yeah, I got to episode two and I haven't gone back yet. Or, or maybe should. it's the Tommy. I may, maybe I did get through it recently. <laughs> I think the last episode was all about Tommy. Oh. I don't know. Up next, though, we got, again, another super important championship that's on the pre-show. Oh, the Women's yeah. Tag Team Championship. Hey, you know that brand new championship that should be brought up in the highest regard? Yeah, and highlighted, at least for the next couple months. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have the Iconics defending their championship pasty against the Bukaki Whores. There you go. Yeah. So yeah, this is this is happening. <laughs> I uh Yeah. I love Asuka. I want her to succeed. Kyrie Sane deserves to succeed on the main roster as All much as she did in the next Yes, yes, they do. But uh, and my my iconics are what's going to make these championships matter, just because they're going to have a long, annoying run with them. That's that's my prediction. Yeah, you know, if they if they took it off iconics now, they're super hot potatoing this. Um, Sasha and Bailey had one defense and they lost. That was yeah. iconics, and this is the iconics' first defense, I believe. Uh huh. No, you said her. Uh-uh. No, no, I think it is. I think. Okay, it is. okay, yeah. I can't tell when you just grunt, Loke. Sorry. <laughs> so Atta. it'd be really horrible for them to Atta. just hot potato these. If you're gonna hot potato these titles, just don't even have them. So yeah, I put up two fingers for the two iconics. Two conics. Did you do the pose? I did the pose. I did. Yeah, you got to do the pose. Uh, no, I, I, like I said, I want to see Asuka succeed. I won't be mad if they win, by any means. I won't be mad that they have the titles. I will be upset that the titles are being treated as they are. So yeah. it's, it's a twofold thing. Yeah, and this is the pre-show, and it doesn't matter. And that's why we pick who we want to win and not who we think is going to win. Yeah, well, I, and I think they're going to win, to be honest. Yeah. Some kind of stupid win, illegitimate. It'll be good, though. Illegitimate, like my seven children. And then uh, up next on the pre-show is a match involving former WWE champion Daniel Bryan. Yes. Daniel's there to prove to everyone nobody is too big for the pre-show. Yes. 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 Apparently Daniel Bryan and Rowan picked up the uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championships after the Hardy Boys had to vacate them. I missed all of that. For no reason. I mean, there's probably a reason, but it just seems really weird that these, I mean, like, 
Where did these two come in? Oh my gosh. Other than, obviously, they have a connection through the Wyatt family that Daniel Bryan was with for a cup of coffee. Yeah. I just don't even get it. I don't know. I mean, I just don't they both know. got beards. Guess. It's like, Team Hell Yeah, Go Earth. <laughs> that's that's yeah. what I think. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're tag team champions. And they're Rowan facing is the a, uh, Usos. This want, is very interesting, seeing as the Usos are now a product of Raw. So, either well, Daniel Bryan and Rowan retain, or, or the Usos are coming back to SmackDown. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. I, I don't know where anybody is. The shakeup really was... Yeah, no, it's it's been fuck, uh, fucked. Fuck, fuck, we fuck, we, we fuck, briefly fuck. grazed it at the end of the show last week. Yeah, we did. But just... uh, I don't think we could have done any justice to what the fuck is going on at WWE <laughs> right now. Yeah. <laughs> Except for the fact that we know that they gave themselves a rule that the fucking brand split doesn't even matter anymore. Right, right. So, this is okay. Who, who was it that uh they put out a tweet and they were like, Forget the wild card rule. I'm gonna start imposing the wild cat rule, and I get to bring. <laughs> I saw a, that. Uh, I get to bring a remember. lynx to the ring with me whenever I come. I was like, "That's fucking badass." <laughs> I want to see the wild cat rule get put into yeah, place. It was, each 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 show will will release a wild lynx into the arena. Good luck. Yep. There we go. I'm down <laughs> with that. Oh, might help to thin out the roster some. WWE's in dire need of that, but Vince ain't willing to let anybody go. So I guess, especially after what you said, I think Daniel and Eric are taking it. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it's all fuckered up. I mean, fuck. And and Raw needs the Usos, so it's not like they could just give them back to SmackDown. Oh, but there's the wildcard rule, so they'll still be here every now and then. (laughs) Speaking of all fuckered up, we kind of fuckered up our uh, picks. Um, (laughs) Who says their picks first? Oh. Oh, so, well. starting with the main really card that actually matters, let's just try to get back into a system here. Just because it's fun. It is. Um, We got the United States Championship match. The large champion Samoa Joe taking on the frail, old, and tiny Rey Mysterio. Yeah. They've both been real good at losing matches lately. I'm interested where this uh, storyline came from. I want to see them have a fight for who loses harder. That's that's <laughs> that's the fight I want to watch happen. Uh, it shouldn't be like this. <laughs> you know, this should be something I'm very excited to see. It should be, but it's something I'm like, ago, why, why, been... why aren't the SmackDown Tag Team Champions on the main card? Why isn't this on the pre-show? Yeah, five or ten years ago, this would have been exciting. It would have been so good. Um, nowadays, um, Samoa Joe's been neutered and Rey Mysterio. Or if it was any, just... if it was in any other company currently, I think it would be awesome. But probably still not as good as ten years ago. But yeah, for sure. Um, I, I'm going. Samoa A lot of people Joe. don't think it, but I think Samoa Joe is kind of getting the Bray Wyatt treatment in WWE. He's he's not doing good. No, and he's a great monster heel. It's painful. I'm... I'm picking Joe just because I don't think he has a reason to lose the championship. I think Rey Mysterio should be there to put over younger talent. Or newer talent, should I say. Not necessarily Uh, younger. And, um, I guess because I don't care. And he's the champion, so just fucking, you know, don't change horses midstream. My my theorem is Samoa Joe's biggest weakness is a quick roll-up. And Rey Mysterio is a little guy and really good at that. 
You could do that uh, springboard hurricanrana pretty damn well. There you go. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it's Ray. Oh man, that'd be cool to see Mysterio do a springboard hurricanrana and then Joe uh, uh, counters it into the muscle buster though. That would be sweet. They could make that work, and that's not a difficult move for either of them to pull off. That's cool. I want to see that. Well, let's hope they're given enough time to build up to something like that, because I don't see that happening. Speaking of building up, we got ladders, Pasty. Yeah, let's build up some ladders. Women's women's money in the bank ladder match. Um, and, and we should we should clarify at the top of this, and we'll pass the top. Yeah, we are. And this isn't necessarily the order it's going to be in on pay per view. We just go with the order that WWE gives us, and then WWE decides up to uh, as we as we found from from uh, WrestleMania up to the fucking last five minutes, they decide uh-huh. when they're putting on what fucking match. Honestly, so, yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad when anything can change, even while the card's yeah. going. We just put this in an order for us to go through it and tell you what we got. When we read the results, we'll put that in the order they happened. But this right now, this is just us going off of what WWE tells us. So, I just think it's very important to state that, especially in the case of this episode, because uh, the the order of matches in this greatly determines the outcome of, of the matches. Oh, yeah. Somebody can it. win the Money in the Bank match at one point and then cash in later on in the day. So, yeah. definitely it affects it. So, we got the women's MITB match. And that consists of Bailey, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Ember Moon, Mandy Rose, Naomi, Natalia, and Alexa Bliss has been replaced with Nikki Cross. More on that later in the show. Yes, indeed. This is um, it's it's interesting because like none of these are your front runners, really. Other you know than I mean? Bailey, she's the only one that stands out as somebody who. Yeah, N- Natalia when... would say she does, but that's just her. But we all know better. <laughs> um, honestly, with a lineup like this, I and they keep showing highlights of her jumping off the fucking top of a ladder this week. I got to go with Dana Brooke. I think this is finally where she's going to start to get some kind of momentum that she de- desperately needs or she needs to get the fuck out of this company. More than any of these women, I think she needs to do something or get out. So, Pacey, there are two women that I want to see win this. First Ember is Ember Moon. Moon. Exactly. You know me very well. Nikki Cross. Second is Dana Brooke. Okay. Hey, hey, you're right there with me then. Awesome. Um, well, I'm with there is who I want to win. Right. And for, for basically the same reasons. I think she's underrated. Dude, and she came in, I thought, I thought it was to the moon for her. She's the bodybuilder. She's pretty cute. She's got some kind of a personality. See, that was the opposite when she came in, and folks who have been listening to us for a long time would know. I I thought she was just a random bodybuilding bimbo blonde, and they were just throwing her in there. And she seemed she has seemed to want to grow and learn. And I dig her character, and I dig her look, and the more she, she's in, the more I enjoy her presence. So I would love to see her get this and, and give her career a real shot in the arm. Mm. But... Now, since we're on the main card and it does matter who we pick, I'm going with my with my thought. I'm going with there's Vince McMahon's mind in the back of my head, <laughs> right? And he's talking to me, and it bothers me. I know how Triple H feels now, but I'm I gonna pick Mandy thinking. Rose. Mandy Carmella Rose is <laughs> Carmella could be, but she's already done it. I, Mandy Rose, she's the stereotypical Vince McMahon girl. 
Um, she her character could use this definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, even though you could say that with almost everybody on here, she would. Uh, she would. She would own it as well as Alexa Bliss did. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's just not as talented as Alexa Bliss. No. Either on the mic or in the ring. No. But that's what it would. I it would feel like when so, Alexa Bliss had it. Yep. Uh, yeah. So I'm going with Mandy. I mean, honestly, any way that you split this, I, I kind of like it just because it's not your n- normal one. I, I, I would assume with the way this card is built that the, the woman who wins is not going to successfully cash in. But that's just me, and that's just yeah. at this moment. This isn't anybody could win fucking Money in the Bank. Uh-huh. There's no one person that I'm looking at this that I say... They cannot win, and there's no one person right. looking at this that I'm saying they're definitely winning. Right. I, I like that there's no like real main eventer, and I hate that I'm not dogging on them at all. But I like that there's no real main eventers that are like the obvious shoe yeah. in to win. I mean, this Bailey is was a main this eventer. is what Money in the Carmelo Bank should be. It should be eventer. these mid card people who don't normally get that chance. The upper mid card, yeah, for yeah. Sure. Well, even even you know, I, I would deal with a Heath Slater Money in the Bank match. You know what I mean? Like, yep, you would. <laughs> He's Fat Mac ain't finna. James Ellsworth, Enzo. Um... Fat Mac ain't finna, but you would. Yep. <laughs> Moving on to men in the Money in the Bank ladder match. We Moving got the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. The story of Fat Mac's life. Damn right. I got sick of them bitches. <laughs> We've got no longer Mustafa. No yeah. longer Cien Almas. <laughs> no longer Lone Wolf. No longer, um, oh my gosh, I forgot his Three name. Three Man now. Band? No, no, I was going to go with his real name, but no, I, he's been in WWE so long, Drew I forgot Galloway. his real name. Gall- yeah, No Longer Galloway versus No Longer Fergal versus No Longer Bob Orton's son versus Ricochet. Right, right, he's still, he's still Ricochet. <laughs> versus no longer El Generico. He was never El What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, that's right. So for those of you who are more WWE-centered, we have Ali versus Andrade versus Baron Corbin versus Drew McIntyre versus Finn Balor versus Randy Orton versus Ricochet versus Sami Zayn. Um, Hate to say it, but this one sounds good. Fantastic competitors for a fucking ladder match. Yes! There's no... Mark Henry, there's no fucking uh, Braun Strowman, there's no Kane. This is just I'm all even excited guys. that Baron Corbin is in this match. Like, he'll well, take some a, good bumps. He'll yeah, you need a Corbin shit. and a McIntyre yeah. that can be the strong men, but you don't need them to be the guys that you know can't make it to the top rung of the ladder. Yeah. Like a Mark Henry or like a, a Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman was supposed to be in this match. Yeah, well, why? I don't know. For once, okay, I'm glad so- they scrapped him, though. Why wasn't he in the match then? Uh, something storyline wise. I haven't been watching, so it's hard for me to. And then I've had computer you, issues, pasty. and it's been Good a nightmare of a week. So, well, I think you need to step up <sighs> and show Vince who's boss. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go way back, pasty. We're hopping in the way back machine with Peabody and Sherman. And um, back in the day when this guy first came on the scene in WWE. He was called, by Vince McMahon, the Chosen One. To wear leather pants in a group with two other washed-up jobbers. (laughs) And after many years and many promotions, 
Um, he's come back, and I think this is his time to shine. And Pasty, hey, remember. I'm going to say that Drew McIntyre wins the Money in the Bank ladder match. I also think that he's going to cash in on one of the championships and win it. I think before the end of 2019, McIntyre holds either the uh, WWE or Universal title. Hey, Jinder Mahal had his day in the sun. Anything can happen. Ain't that the truth? McIntyre he, deserves it more than any of them. Ain't that the truth? Maybe Heath Slater will get it up next. That is not the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I want him in next year's Money in the Bank. Uh, yeah. Um. I think characterly, I mean, like I said, I haven't been watching recently, but lately when I do watch character-wise, Sami Zayn is the one being pushed hardest right now out of these flavors of men. That's kind of my understanding from what I've been following. Mm -hmm. Like like you said, I'm not watching, but I read stuff. And I I will go out on a limb here, and I will say I heard a a, a nice little theory this week that says uh, the, the WWE Championship match happens before this. And Kevin Owens, or Sami Zayn helps Kevin Owens beat Kofi. And then Kevin Owens helps Sami Zayn win the money in the bank. And Kevin Owens assumes that he's going to go after the Universal Championship, but he cashes in right there and takes it off of Kevin. And I think that, as much as that would fuck Kofi, I think that that sounds like a storyline. And it it seems like a good way to sweep that all right under the rug with, with minimum backlash. Right, and especially if you take Kofi's name out of it and just assume he's the person holding the title. I like that storyline, for sure. Very much like that storyline. Yeah. So that's your guy, Kevin Owens? uh, Well, we're not there yet. (laughs) But yeah, no, my guy, I'm going to say I think Sami Zayn deserves it. Well, I thought you meant Kevin Owens was winning the Money in the Bank match. Well, no, no, because Kevin Owens oh. isn't in the Money in the Bank match. Well, you never know what's going to happen. They can change it up to 30 minutes before the show. <laughs> uh. Alexa Bliss is out. Kevin Owens is in. He just starts tearing up Carmella and Dana Brooke. Turnbuckle, or er, ringside apron, power bomb. Apron, apron power, power bombs bomb, yeah. to everybody. Yeah. That's good. It would be good. good. Cannonballs. Oh my god, him hitting some cannonballs on those bitches. Oh, I want to see him just squish Mandy Rose. (laughs) (laughs) She won't be so pretty after that. She'll be sounding like Umaga's penis. I say pretty lightly, too, because a lot of people think she's super hot, and I I, I, I don't. Ooh, Mandy Rose? Yeah, I don't subscribe to that. I I look at her and I I see what she's going to look like when she's older. You know what I mean? Oh, fuck that. I see what she look. A, I see what she looks like with makeup, and, and it's average. Yeah. Not bad. I'm not... I don't like to... You the know, one from like the Riot Squad is cuter, but she's not even good looking. Uh, oh, you're talking about... Um, the Mandy Rose knockoff. <laughs> they brought her up at the same time, in case Mandy Rose didn't work out. Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan. I like Liv Morgan. <laughs> she's got more, she's got more uh, personality than Mandy Rose. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Okay, where are we at? Now we're at um, the story page. everybody wanted to see, and now everybody wants to just fucking end. <laughs> it took um, so long to build up, and now it's like, okay, this this should be the last one. If we get a solid resolution here, I think I'll be happy with it. But we have to get a solid resolution. 
Steel Cage match, The Miz versus Shane O'Mac. Um, the Miz is really increasing his repertoire lately, isn't he? With all these matches that he usually doesn't participate yeah, in. Yeah, like this is shit that two years ago Daniel Bryan was pointing out, you don't do this shit. Yep. And he said, do because it. I care about my career. Well, it seems now that Miz is staring down the barrel of wanting to retire so he can spend time with his family. Kind of feels like uh, that, doesn't it? It feels like I, I, I'm on the same path, but but we're, but we're walking on different sides of that path, pasty. <laughs> I see that he's been doing the movies and the reality TV shows and the TV shows, and he's like, man, if I get injured and can't wrestle anymore, I got an easier schedule with all this Hollywood crap. Even if I'm a B-list celebrity, I'm making the same amount of money, less dates, and get to be around my family. Yeah, I, I agree with you. He's looking for the easy way out. And I also still subscribe to that theory that he could be pushed like the next John Cena if John decides not to come back. He's got the charisma. He's got the look. He's been there forever. He's a workhorse for the company. And I think he could do it. He's been pushed as a face in this run. I and disagree. It, I think he's doing good as a face. I don't think he has John Cena face chemistry. I think if you give it enough time... I don't know. I'm just, I'm Maybe. seeing things and I'm liking the way it's going. And I'm seeing things too, dude. But fucking, I told you those mushrooms, man. Dude, I didn't Damn. think two years. I didn't think they'd still be any good. I didn't think so either, but I think they're potent as hell now. Oh, by the way, Colorado. Legalized uh, yeah, psychedelic congratulations mushrooms. to those motherfuckers. Yeah. So first of all, all of these motherfuckers out there saying that marijuana is not a gateway drug. Colorado <laughs> proved you wrong. All right. <laughs> fucking slam and dunk oh <laughs> come on it's legal now now it's in the law books marijuana is a gateway drug i'm not saying it's bad or even wrong i'm all for it <laughs> i'm just saying i think i think there's it's, no it's, longer it's only legal medically anymore. it's not it's not recreational i'm just that's how marijuana started too. i know i know i'm just know. saying it could I'm get just there saying. but i think by that time i think we as a society will know how you're supposed to use that for the, the proper benefits. I think we as a society know marijuana is a gateway drug and that it's not a bad thing. We should embrace it. <laughs> you should just watch out for those other ones. You know which oh. ones I'm talking about. I don't know. I think all Hemorrhoid of them would be cream. good if they were all regulated. <laughs> Honestly, they were federally regulated and taxed. Why not? But that's a topic for another show. <laughs> uh, steel cage match. The Miz versus Shane McMahon. Wow, Miz is really expanding his repertoire, Pacey. Well, yes, he is. It's uh, it's it's coming in good. I think this is going to be a good match. I don't know why I wrote what I wrote, because I want to say the Miz is probably going to walk away from this one, and that's how they wrap it up. I think it needs to be wrapped up. Well, you can do whatever the fuck you want, man. We haven't fucking locked in our votes. Yeah, yet. I know. I know. I, I, I don't know what I was thinking earlier when I wrote that in. That's all I'm alluding to. Uh... Because maybe this isn't over yet, and it's still the work to push Miz as the biggest baby face since John Cena. Or is it still a work to push Shane? Hello? <laughs> it could be. Whenever there's a McMahon in the storyline, never assume it's about the other person, pasty. I will always assume that. Don't tell me what to assume. I just told you what to assume, pasty. Don't Where were you? I'm, I'm right here. Where are okay. you? I'm here telling you what to assume. <laughs> this is my job. Uh, I'm hoping it's a good one, though. I, I, honestly, cage matches don't impress me very often. 
And with this not being something in, in Mrs. Wheelhouse, I'm counting on him to, to make this special. And your pick is? The Miz. Okay. I want them to bring a, a throwback, whether it's on a, a one of those random throwback Raws or whatever, or if they have some sort of a throwback pay-per-view. I know every wrestler despises it, but me as a fan loves it. I want to see the big blue cage again. Yes. God, I know that thing sucked, and I know it had no give, and I know that there's no positive about it other than it was big as and a blue. fan. But God damn, I miss it. Um, I'm going with The Miz as well. I mean, I think this should cap it off. Um, he obviously lost the last one, and storyline-wise, quote-unquote, he shouldn't have. Um, you know, Shane McMahon just lucked out on a victory on that one. So, storyline-wise, it would make sense, but whenever McMahon's involved, storylines mean shit to putting themselves over and stroking their own cocks and licking their own taint. Storylines just so, mean shit to McMahon's in general. I mean, you could, yeah, you Whether could easily make an argument for Shane McMahon, uh, but I'm, I'm going Miz as well. So, Miz and Miz, Pasty and Fat Mac, we agree. Uh, moving on, we got the only match on the entire card, including the pre-show, that has zero stipulations and or titles involved. Just a straight fucking one-on-one, pasty. Yeah, this one's going to be a real slobber knocker, let me tell you what. No, it can't be a slobber knocker, because <laughs> he's with AEW now. Uh... This... This, we gotta, we gotta go with Michael Cole, he's the next senior. This is going to be vintage Roman Reigns versus Elias. Vintage Elias. <laughs> There's already vintage Elias. Yeah, this Elias is vintage Samson? Elias. <laughs> this is Elias Samson. Oh my god, he lost! That is vintage Elias! <laughs> uh, I still oh, love him. Okay. If I ever buy a WWE shirt, it will be a Elias t-shirt. I guess I just don't watch enough to be into him, but it, I I like he gets his character over. He does, and he hate he, you know the crowd knows that he's gonna fucking turn on him, but they're yeah, always well, behind him until he does. Yeah, so I, I I don't dog him for that. I just I just don't get into him. I don't know what it is, but I don't. Um, Roman Reigns. I still don't get into Roman Reigns. So that's the truth. Uh, but I'm going to go against my gut here and say I think Roman Reigns wins. Again, when I put my is... head against your gut, all I hear is... <laughs> right. I got Vince McMahon's voice in the back of my head telling me Reigns must pose. Even though I think the only fucking reason to have Roman Reigns versus Elias, especially when there's no stakes involved... Could only be for Roman Reigns to put Elias over. I don't know. I thought that was the case with him and, and McIntyre at WrestleMania. So, so that's where I was. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I know. So it's like, wow. But yeah, Vince, Vince is telling me to pick Roman. I'm picking Roman. I'd like to think Elias is different than Drew McIntyre in ways that Drew McIntyre can never amount to. Different, but I think Drew's better. Um. You know, I, I was originally going to go with Roman Reigns, but we both had said like it, it would make so much sense if Elias would win. It, 
It's the only way it makes sense. I'm, I'm, I'm going. Unless you're Vince. I'm taking that ride. I'm going to walk with Elias as usual. All right, WWE. I walk only with Elias and Evan. Next up, we have the WWE Championship match. We have KK versus K. Whoa. <clears throat> what? What was that? We have Kofi Kingston versus Kevin Owens. Come on, man. Uh, Come on, pay attention. So, new champion, Kofi Kingston. This is his first title defense, or has he defended it on Raw? I think he defended... I think he's defended before. Okay. He's defending it up. I don't know. I can't say 100%, but I think he has. Okay, so, yeah. This was wasn't it supposed to be Daniel Bryan? Uh, or who was it supposed? Yeah, to be? Yeah, it would have been Not, Daniel Bryan so if he was cleared. Daniel if Bryan, Daniel Bryan would have been cleared, but he Kevin wasn't Owens cleared. would still be with uh, New Day. That's yeah, the way so it, it goes. Supposed to be Daniel Bryan. Yeah, but, but he wasn't cleared, so Kevin Owens took his place. But Daniel Bryan's on the pay per view. Right, Daniel Bryan was cleared two facing, days after they made the decision to pull the trigger for Kevin. <laughs> but Owens. he's not facing Kofi Kingston. Right, more fucking WWE fucking bullshit. They don't know what's no going sense. on right now. Nobody knows. Uh, oh word has God. it Triple H is fucking losing his mind over there right now. I've read that. I've read he's pretty <laughs> upset with a lot of people, including possibly Vince, although he doesn't say it out yeah, loud. Yeah, he's liked some tweets uh, of people shitting on the product and telling him how they can make it better. Yeah. Uh, and then unlike them later when Vince told him to. <laughs> but, uh, goddamn. But, uh, if shit keeps going like this, Vince is going to have some kind of a hostile takeover on his hands. They're going to have to do something about it. You know what I mean? He might step away once once uh, the XFL gets going. He might take a couple steps back, you know? I fucking hope so. Things are weird right now, and I don't like it. I think he's waiting to see what happens with AEW. That's the problem. That's the problem. Is there, like, what happens with AEW? Well, you... No, don't wait and sit back and wait for something to happen. You fucking get yourself prepared for that. Kind of, but the question also remains, with AEW coming, does WWE change course to compete with them, or does WWE dig their heels in the ground and stay with what is obviously working and compete with them? You know, I from a business sense, it's a hard, it's a hard thing to figure out what's going to be the, the correct path. Yeah. I I don't know. It's a very interesting time in wrestling right now, and my head is fucking Too spinning. right. In the best ways, though. Yeah, yeah. It's a good time to, to have a wrestling podcast. Let's fucking just say that. Truly, truly. We're, we're never without news, an abundance of it. Oh, man. <laughs> Speaking of that, we need to get moving. Oh, I know we do. Uh, So I'm, uh, I, I told you guys a theory about the Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn thing. It would be super awesome, but... Man, Kofi deserves this, and I don't think it's time to get get rid of it yet. And so, uh, hashtag Kofifi. Yeah, same way. Especially since Kevin Owens was just kind of inserted in. No reason to give him the title from Kofi. Um, I like Kevin Owens as a champion, but I think Kofi needs to run with it. Uh, next up. The, Although, the real... if the Go Sami Zayn-Kevin Owens thing did happen, there's no saying that... I mean, Kofi could easily beat Sami Zayn to get the championship back. You know what I mean? That is true as well. Yes. And I, I wouldn't be completely against that, although... But I they have that no automatic rematch clause around. now, supposedly. Well, they have a you don't automatically get a rematch yeah. clause, yeah. but they've given so many automatic you know, <laughs> right. rematches to people just 
with asterisks. <laughs> yeah, they can easily do it. It's the wild card rule. He gets another match. Right. It's not a rematch because be Kevin Owens took the championship from me, and then he took the championship from Kevin Owens. There's your. Stuff. They're fucking. I, I have a feeling they're gonna just use this wild card as if it's an actual wild card and just anything. Right. Just fucking anything. Uh-huh. They don't even give. Oh, it's the wild card. Here comes he Lars Sullivan. He wins the WWE championship, beats yep. Kofi for it. Congratulations, Lars, on graduating. From Pork is made from chicken. Class. Wild card. <laughs> Um, the only title that actually means anything to Vince McMahon is up next, Universal Championship. Seth Rollins defending the title against the phenomenal AJ Styles. Um, I don't know what the storyline led to this. I hope this is as good of a match on film as it is, not film, but on video as it is on writing. It sure fucking should be. Because I love these two. Especially when a title's involved. Uh, I'm going with Rollins. I think he keeps it. I don't think AJ needs it, but I'm really looking forward to this one, Pasty. The funny thing is WWE is billing this as the first time they've competed in history, but WWE also dug up footage from 15 years ago when they had their first match together. Oh, my God. (laughs) I suppose it's the first time that Seth Rollins faced AJ Styles, but Tyler Black faced him a while back. Uh Uh-oh. Here comes John Moxley. (laughs) <laughs> right <laughs> oh god um uh i love that this match is happening i i really think it's a, a solid it could go anyway but at the same point i think we all got bored with aj styles a little bit and seth rollins is the man to have the championship he's he's fun to watch he's dating becky lynch so he, he's kind of untouchable right now right becky will beat you up Right? <laughs> Fuck yeah, she'll beat Styles up. <laughs> this is another one of those matches I love seeing. Even though I don't, even though I'm not keeping up with WWE and I'm kind of disappointed in them right now. The, uh, the thing is, is Pasty, I thought this was going to be the cage match because AJ Styles came back and he had Gallows and Anderson. And that was kind of the angle with Seth Rollins is on his own. He doesn't got his boys anymore. But, but I got my man. boys back. And so I thought it was going to be a cage match for, with that those guys. Sense. And uh, yeah, so. But what I like about this is, 10 years ago, I would never have assumed Tyler Black and TNA's AJ Styles would be in a WWE pay-per-view vying for the most important championship. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't have even have guessed that WWE would have given them a look. No, back then, WWE wasn't willing to. Or if they, if so, they brought you in, you were going to get fucking jobbed out like hell. So as much as I give WWE shit and as much as we uh, suck the dick of all these independent promotions that are doing so well, and I do love what they're doing, and I do love And you do love sucking the variety. that dick. Oh, man. Do you cocky whore, you. But um, WWE definitely in the last few years have been making the correct moves when you can have Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles for the Universal Championship. And then if we were just following along in the order we have, Pasty... For the Raw Women's Championship, you can have somebody like Becky Lynch taking on Lacey Evans. Holy shit. This is not shit you would have expected 10 years ago. No, not at all. And I, honestly, like this card as a whole is, is pretty solid for what it's worth. And for, for it being a Money in the Bank, I, I'm looking forward to watching this more than I had anticipated. 
I'm looking forward to watching this more than probably the last few WWE pay-per-views, including WrestleMania. Like, this looks good on paper. It worries me, because WWE's good at <laughs> fucking shit up that looks good on paper. Yep. But this looks uh, really good on paper. So where are you at on the Raw Women's Championship? Oh, boy. Um, Well, I succumb to the fact that I think this thing is going out of order. So, spoilers, I'm saying Evans <laughs> beats Becky Lynch. But I think this happens after the other one. So, All right, I'm going to say Becky Lynch keeps the Raw women's title, which moves us to the SmackDown women's title. Becky Lynch defending her second belt against, whoo, Charlotte Flair. Yeah, it's a tale as old as time. A song without a rhyme. Beauty and, Beauty and the Beast. The Beast. Well, the Queen so and the Man. which one's the Beast? Uh, Brock Lesnar. Okay, so which one's the Beauty? <laughs> Um, yeah, Paul Heyman. Backtrack there, Pace. Paul Heyman. Yeah, we're not buying that. <laughs> He's gorgeous. Go ahead. Uh, He's a shyster. Yeah, no, I think this match, well, you, you get to pick first, so I'm going to let you talk about it first. I'm going to go with Charlotte Flair. Go okay, ahead, Pace. Yeah, this match happens first because we've seen this a thousand times. This should be the first match on the card, to be completely and brutally honest. <laughs> It could be, and that would give Becky Lynch time, especially if they put her either either at the very last spot or second to last spot. It gives her time to rest in between matches. It would I be like cool that. if she opened and closed the show, I would say. I, although, oh, I do like the idea of making her do the matches back-to-back in some sick kind of gauntlet. Especially, Pacey, we could we could call her two-belt bookend Becky because she bookend <laughs> the pay-per-views. I just like, I look bookend be- Becky better than I like. Bookend it's Becky. It's like blowjob Betty. <laughs> yeah, hashtag bookend Be- Becky. We're going with that. Yeah, she hashtag sets the pace Becky. and and caps it off. There you go. Uh-huh. I like it. Uh-huh. Go ahead though. So yeah, yeah, I think this match happens first, and and I think Becky is tired when it comes down to Evans, and that's where Evans peels it off. But I mean, we've seen Charlotte. Charlotte's not going anywhere. She's good. Vince loves her. We know that. Um, she's already decorated enough. She doesn't need it right now. I mean, she does nothing when she doesn't have a championship, which is kind of sad, but true. Um, no, I think Evans is important to build up right now. And true. plus plus if if something happens to Charlotte, Evans is is your your easy replacement like all the way around. They're very similar. Yeah, they're the all-American, they're the the blonde bombshell tall. Mm. Very uh, much so. And and Charlotte maybe from down south, but uh Lacey does it better. <laughs> Too right. So, yeah, no, I think I think um, I think as much as Vince loves Charlotte, I think I think when he saw Lacey, I think his his opinion changed, and I think that's why the slow build with her leading up to WrestleMania and shit happened the way it did. So there you go, folks. The only thing left, pasty, is uh, we said at the beginning of this year we were not going to have any ties anymore because we had a lot of ties last year in our pay per view predictions more more than you would expect, especially since a lot of them we picked very different people. Right. I only wear so one tie happened. and I wear it very loose. Yeah. There you go. So um, tiebreaker is: Does bookend Becky keep both of her titles? Now, obviously. Pasty, you said that she loses to Evans, and I said she, she loses to Charlotte. So, right off the bat, we both think that she loses one of the titles. But, if you as had an to say, policy. if you had to say, as an insurance policy, either yes or no, she keeps both titles, where are you at? 
No. I'm going to pick yes. I'm going to say if she doesn't lose it to Charlotte, she definitely doesn't lose it to Evans. She's keeping them both if she doesn't lose it to Charlotte. Underlining that right there. So that's our tiebreaker. Folks, tune in next week to hear the results of our Money in the Bank predictions. But don't go anywhere this week. Because, Pasty, I think we have a certain Savage Sentinel to go over. Oh, yes, there is so much more in store, and we're going to start this thing off on a more of a somber note. And as of this recording, this news is very fresh. Like, we were just getting ready to link up, and this was kind of breaking out on the scene. Fresh meat! And that's uh, Ashley Mazzaro. Mazzaro? Massaro? Massaro. Massaro. Massaro, there you go, yeah. And that's Ashley Massaro has passed away. The former Diva Search winner and Playboy cover star was in the wrestling promotion from 2005 through 2008 and recently started training for a potential comeback. Reported by The Blast, Suffolk County County Medical Examiner has confirmed her death as she died early Thursday. Officials are currently investigating, but it's said that it is a non-criminal death and no foul play is involved. However, the circumstance of her death is currently unclear. A rescue call came from her house Thursday morning at 5.23 a.m., and then she was transported to the hospital where she later passed away. Wow. Out of nowhere. That's rough. She was uh, just 41 years old. Super young. Yeah. Super, super, super young. I was surprised she was that old. To be, and she's super young. I mean, right. But I, I didn't think she was, I, I thought she was younger than that. Well, that's the problem. Years. When you're as old as we are, 2005 still feels like it was just a couple years ago. Like it's, it's just right back there. Yeah. And to be fair, she was literally in WWE from the entire time I didn't watch so um, I, I don't have any real memories or much to say about her other than even not watching WWE. Um, I knew exactly who she was. She definitely stood out. Um, she was a product of that time. Yes. She wasn't a great wrestler, but she was beautiful, gorgeous. And, um, you know... I just think of pink and black when I think of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very uh, punky, cute personality. Yeah. <clears throat> she was kind of like a, a pre-Velvet Sky. Like, Velvet Sky, um, this is going to sound like talking ill of the dead, but Velvet Sky perfected Ashley Massaro's character, in, in my opinion. I don't think that's that's too far out of the realm to say. Not at all. But yeah, it's it's uh it's it's sad to hear. It would have been nice to see her have a comeback. Um I know I I watched and didn't watch in that time frame, but I know I did see her in WWE uh at least a handful of times. Yeah. I just, you know, uh, we say it and it is cliché and yes, I never knew the woman and I I probably never even met anybody who met anybody who met her. But truly, uh Definitely, I want to, you know, give all the sympathy that we can to our friends and family and fans, because especially at at 41, you know, we talked about Silver King last week, Mm. which came out of nowhere and was surprising, but but he's an older gentleman. This is a young girl. So we uh, definitely, we put it out there to her family, friends, fans, and anybody that was hurt by this. 
And with that being said, there's a little uh, less somber news coming up here. It, it started out as not very less somber. Man, the, the fucking <laughs> sirens and the red lights were flashing. It was, it was crazy, Pasty, because earlier there were reports that Ric Flair was actually rushed to the emergency room this morning as of recording. That's on a Thursday, folks. Yeah, came out on quote, TMZ. That's where yeah, I heard about it. A, quote, very serious issue is what they said. Uh, but it turns out Conrad Thompson, who is Ric Flair's son-in-law, said that the surgery was actually planned and that it was not a grave situation. It was a, um, he just went to an appointment that he was supposed to have. Thompson noted that Flair had planned to have the surgery before the StarCast 2 event next weekend where Rick will be getting roasted. Some folks are saying Flair was trying to get out of getting roasted and so he faked an issue. We don't know. We're going to have to find out. Conrad would Conrad... totally weekend at Bernie's him. 100%. <laughs> Conrad said that. Come on, Dad. Dis... <laughs> Conrad said he would not discuss the matter any further and that it'll be up to Flair or his wife to decide if they want to discuss any other details of this issue. I would assume it's going to be brought up on StarCast 2, obviously. The biggest thing here to me was learning that Conrad not. Thompson is Ric Flair's son-in-law. That surprised me you didn't know that. It, it surprises me that he is. It's, it's, wow. Yeah. No wonder he's got his in with so many legends, I guess. Oh, no doubt. Played it like Triple H did, huh? Hey, that's the way to do it. That's, yeah, he, did, he didn't get all these podcasts at AEW just by fucking being a, a local yokel on the street now. Hey, he's no hunter, he, though. He has his own company. He actually, believe it or not, he started out pasty on the Ric Flair podcast. Oh. Um, and that didn't last long no. because, according to both Ric Flair and Conrad, Flair just didn't want to spend time doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I know those feels some days. <laughs> right? Um, but Seriously he has been contemplated introduced... retirement when my hard drive crashed this week. I'm like... He, uh, I don't know exactly how he met Ric Flair, and it might have just been through the podcast. That might have been it. But I know that at one point, Flair and Conrad were talking wrestling, and Conrad's a fan, just like you and I, man. Yeah. And he, he loved and all Conrad was like, and then we were doing it doggy style. <laughs> but, no. But, uh, apparently, uh, Flair told him, if you love these stories, you know who you should talk to is Bruce Pritchard. Bruce Pritchard has the best stories. So, oh, you know what? No, I, I think I do remember how him and Ric Flair got hooked up. It was a, uh, Flair would sell his services for a price. Um, he was a prostitute. Uh, basically a prostitute. That's, that's what it sounds like. Where he would come over and watch wrestling events and go to wrestling parties with you and your buddies for X amount of money. And Conrad Thompson has made a good living That's for himself like that with Cowboys, first CowboysForAngels.com kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, baby. I'll come over and hold your hand and watch wrestling with you. So he made a good amount of money with uh, First Family Mortgage, so he brought Ric Flair over a couple times to watch events with him and his buddies, you know. And that's how, yeah, and he, and he hooked him up with uh, Bruce Pritchard. So then Bruce Pritchard and him started hanging out, and Bruce Pritchard one day told was him a very Was this before or after story. he was married to Flair's daughter? 
This is yeah. He just recently got married to Flair's daughter. Oh. So this is way before, way before. Um, so him and Rick, uh, uh, him and Bruce Pritchard were talking, and Bruce ended up telling him a super long story about the Radicals jumping ship from WCW to the WWE. And as legend goes, Conrad said this would make an awesome podcast, and the rest is history, as they say. Beautiful. This it, yeah. This this whole thing had very little to do with Ric Flair being in the hospital, but <laughs> educational. And it's not the only time we'll hear Conrad's name in this run of news. Yeah, probably not. WWE issued a statement Tuesday that Dylan Miley, a.k.a. Lars Sullivan, has been fined $100,000 for the misogynistic and bigoted comments that he made years ago on a bodybuilding.com message board. Just sad. <laughs> Just Super sad. Uh, sad that anybody goes to bodybuilding.com message board. Right. You'd think those That's guys would sad. like be too dumb to operate a computer. You know what I mean? (laughs) I'll write it out and fucking whatever. (laughs) In addition to the fine, (laughs) Sullivan will be required to complete complete sensitivity training and meet with community organizations to discuss the the power of social media and the impact it can have. The comments that Sullivan made in the past have been making the rounds for quite some time, like since he debuted in NXT. Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of the real story here, but go ahead. But they came back under scrutiny last week after Big E responded to a tweet about them saying, many are aware if true, he has to bear that albatross of being a bigot and working in a company that's now filled with minorities. Now. Yeah. Sullivan issued an apology saying there was no excuse for those remarks, adding they do not reflect my personal beliefs nor who I am today. And I apologize to anyone I offended. Honestly, it happened that many years ago. If it wasn't continued throughout the years following that, it's it's a shame that people aren't just letting it be. But this is the day and age we live in, and what you put out there on the internet, you got to live with for the rest of your life. Okay, so there's a lot to dissect here. But the first thing, and in my opinion, the most blatant thing here is, what the fuck is the term he has to bear the albatross? That's a fucking saying? I guess. I don't know. Biggie's been on one since he's been out with an injury. Have you seen all the shit? <laughs> yeah, but... He's so good. I mean, he on. should just retire from wrestling and be a professional tweetist. Just, I've never heard the phrase, he has to bear the albatross. That's a bird, right? Yeah. Like, am I wrong? That's <laughs> yeah, a bird. Yeah, it's, it's a water bird. Okay, so you have to bear a water bird? I mean, I've heard, like, they, like that's your cross to bear? Like, you have to bear yeah. this cross. What the fuck? Albatross? Where the fuck? Because it rhymes or what? I don't know. That's, I think that's I've heard what it stands as a, out I've to me I've in this whole thing. I've heard it as You've heard the Baird Albatross? I'll look up the history of it if you want to. I've never heard that. Uh, okay. But no, Biggie's so while you're looking, one. I mean, shit. Do you, think he, do you think he banged Becky's mom by now? Uh, he's got the in. Uh, man, he's he's, he's got that itch. <laughs> he's got the funky Cole Medina, baby. Um, uh, so, first of all, the biggest, the biggest thing here, I mean, you brought up the point. Yeah, it happened so long ago, it really shouldn't be a, an effect now. 
But the fact that WWE knew about it that long ago, but it wasn't until Big E said something that they actually gave a shit, yeah. just shows you who WWE is as a corporation. The word they albatross is sometimes used metaphorically to mean a psychological burden that feels like a curse. Why? What the fuck does that have to do with the bird? It's from a Coleridge poem. Ah, well a day, what evil looks had I from old and young. Instead of the cross, the albatross about my neck was hung. So there you go. We all learned something today, folks. Yes. Don't ever say that beef sticks isn't educational. God, I oh, should so yeah. travel back in time and be a bard. I think I got a pretty good cadence. I like that. <laughs> so this shows like where WWE is, a, is as a company. They don't care that he said it. They just cared that one of their bigger stars who has notoriety mentioned it. Um, that being said, I'm not a fan of Lars Sullivan, and uh, he's no Hulk Hogan, but this lies in the Hulk Hogan aspect of, yeah, you said one stupid, or you said a couple stupid things one time, but like you said, it's, this isn't a, it isn't a trend of doing this. No. Um, although his, his seemed to be a trend because it was multiple things he posted. I would assume anybody posting on a bodybuilding.com forum message board is, is posting racially insensitive things. Just putting that one out there. Like that, that website's got to be full of it. You know, WWE did something that they can put in black and white and say they did it. Lars Sullivan has now done a physical act of retribution. And Titus O'Neil has so for accepted me, his apology and forgiven him on behalf of all black people everywhere. Well, Titus O'Neil has never gone out of his way to legally harass anybody for some mild instance. No, the man's an angel. Of course. So the story you're about to bring us into uh, never happened then. As far as I know, there was never a lawsuit filed by cameraman Donald Anderson against the WWE and Thaddeus Ballard, who Pasty horribly called Titus O'Neil. Sorry. And it and it was not dismissed. As far as we know, he should there wrestle was never under Thaddeus Ballard. He really should. <laughs> yeah. So um dropping the cadence here. The suit was filed in the United States District Court, Middle Division. Dun dun dun. Of Florida. I don't know what the fucking middle division is. I don't know, but I heard the law and order it doesn't sound in my head. Dun, dun. I know, right? It doesn't sound great, but it also doesn't right. sound horrible. It sounds like it's the middle division. It's your run in the middle. <laughs> right down But the it was tossed after Should Anderson an informed the case. court. <laughs> it was tossed after Anderson informed the court that all sides came to a legal <laughs> settlement. Details of the settlement were not made public, but Anderson was suing Bullard and WWE for battery assault, willful misconduct, negligence, gross negligence, disgusting, and intentional infliction <laughs> of emotional distress and negligent infliction of emotional distress. Step, he just fucking put everything. If he throws everything at the wall, he's going to get one of them, you know? <laughs> hey, something's got to stick. Stemming from an incident in which Paige shocked O'Neal, like physically shocked, yeah, not like, yeah. oh, I'm surprised, but electrocuted his ass on a, on O'Neal a during the filming of an episode of Swerved for the WWE Network. Titus at that point became enraged and kicked the camera out of Anderson's hand, giving Anderson a widow boo-boo. He, he probably hangs out a lot with uh, uh, Bret Hart. 
you know what? <laughs> I love Brett, but you're probably right. <laughs> that sounds about they right. They both got a thing with their hands. Very important to them. Uh. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and, and Brett Hart. Brett you know, Hart when you're shooting was... a reality show where you're pranking superstars who don't know it's on camera, you should really tell them they're being filmed for a reality show. Exactly. <laughs> but you know, Pasty, Brett Hart was a true Matt technician. And speaking of Matt. Yes, Matt Kuhn of Total Engagement Podcast was at RWA Wrestling Event in High Point, North Carolina, went on Twitter to report an incident. True story. At the show today, Brad Anderson, son of Gene, shot on the kid he was wrestling. Started started beating him up for real. Then was choking him out. The other wrestlers had to intervene and insisted on Anderson leaving the premises. The kid wasn't expecting it, nor should he have. This was apparently a receipt for an angle last month that involved Brad Anderson's son. Every wrestler was outraged, and everyone in the audience was shocked. Again, not an angle. This dude tried to seriously hurt him for real. There's a video as well, which is currently on B-Sticks Podcast Facebook page. Check it out there. At facebook.com forward slash B-Sticks Podcast. Yes. Give us a like, leave us some comments, and uh, leave a review if you listen to the show and you like what we do. Woohoo! So this is pretty fucked up. This is the exact opposite of what you're supposed to do as a wrestler with your opponent in the ring. Yeah, yeah. Your first job is to take care of that. And, like, as soon as the bell went off, it was, this is, I'm going to kick your fucking ass, this match isn't happening. And it was obvious. Yeah, yep. Like, it did not look like a wrestling match. It looked like some dude just beating up some poor kid. I'm trying to. It didn't look like he did a very good job. Choked the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's... We don't know the backstory behind it, but you know what? As far as my limited understanding of pro wrestling is, if you got a true issue with somebody, you do this exact same thing in the back. Uh. You don't do it in the ring. Right. In the ring, you are a 100% And if it's a receipt you're going after, you don't get your daddy to do it for you. Yeah, it's... The receipt has to be issued, like, right away, otherwise it's invalid, right? Like, that's got to be a thing. Wrestler's etiquette. You don't get a receipt six well, months down the line, you I, know? I guess I... Yeah, I guess I don't know... I, I don't know what that... When they said it involved his son, I'm guessing his... I mean, this isn't an old dude, so I'm guessing his son's a younger son, yeah. a kid. So I, I'm guessing... I don't know. I, I don't know because pro wrestling gets so blurred when it comes to family and on stage that we don't know. At least I don't. I'm, I'm not a big RWA fanatic. Um, Are you sure? You talk about it an awful well, lot. I am a closet RWA <laughs> fanatic. but So, so I don't know wrestling. what that... I don't know if he said some things that he shouldn't have said, you know, that weren't okay. Nonetheless, it, it doesn't matter. Punch him in the back. Choke him out in the back. Do whatever you want in the back. Once you're in the ring, your first job is to take care of your opponent. Your second job is to take care of you. Your third job is to entertain the fans. He fucked up his first job and his third job. Yes. So, sounds like a failure to me. <laughs> God damn it! Dogs agree. 
They do agree. Boy, we are kind of falling behind, Pasty. All right, well, we'll just step it up. <coughs> Four of wrestling's biggest promotions are coming together to put on a special show on August 9th in Toronto, Canada. Ring of Honor announced Thursday that they are teaming up with New Japan Pro Wrestling, CMLL, and NWA for what they are calling the Summer Supercard. No talent are currently announced for the show that will take place at the Madame Athletic Center. However, they are promising the greatest wrestlers from the U.S., Japan, and Mexico competing for championships and in dream matches. That's going to be huge. This is, uh, without even hearing any wrestlers' It sounds names. as exciting as the, uh, the, the show we discovered in Chicago Heights. Yeah, Chicago Heights at the... Yeah, I, I got a super chubby for this one, man. This is going to be super fun. Four of the biggest promotions on the planet right now coming together. Oh my gosh. This is like We Are the World, but in a wrestling ring. It's going to be a good time. I'm definitely going to be looking into that for sure. Yeah, not a lot <laughs> to talk about with it because we don't really know anything, but... God damn. God damn. That's what I say when I'm coming and going. Yeah, well, we got a lot of comings and a couple goings here. So to and get what, right into what would it, appear Beast, to be a new reoccurring segment on Beastix Podcast. Until people stop coming and going. <laughs> I'll never stop coming. And I'm never going to stop What going. is that disorder called when you can't stop coming? I think that's called lucky. <laughs> As an albatross to bear. <laughs> you damn right. Oh. Yeah, you done quantize that shit. You quantized that up the ass. Uh, so, MLW announced, Pasty, that the greatest man that ever lived, Me. Austin Aries, oh. will be heading to their promotion. Shit, I got excited. A-Double's acquisition was hyped on the most recent episode of Fusion. Now, the exact date for the former Ring of Honor and Impact World Champion joining the company has not yet been revealed, but everybody is super stoked for what is to come. Yow! And go. And go. WWE.com announced that a former Impact X Division champion has reported to WWE Performance Center. Is it Austin Aries? It <laughs> Holy shit, yes. the man's making moves. <laughs> Million dollar moves. <laughs> <laughs> no, Michael Paris, better known to sports entertainment fans as DJ Z, reported for training this week at WWE's facility in Orlando, Florida. A professional grappler for nearly 15 years, Paris specializes in dynamic top rope offense and has put many competitors away with moves like the 450 splash, the 360 splash, and the 970-6554-325.6 splash. Damn! That one's uh, an albatross to bear. (laughs) Quantize that shit. (laughs) He has experienced wrestling internationally, including in Mexico, Japan, and the United Kingdom. Paris has also captured dozens of championships on his journey to WWE, such as the International Wrestling Cartel Super Indie Championship, a title formerly held by the likes of AJ Styles, Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole, and Corey Graves, all whom which have 
either passed through or skipped right by WWE's Performance Center. You gotta love how WWE.com never once mentions Impact Wrestling in this, <laughs> where he really made his right. name. Yep. Okay. They only bring it up when it's a joke, and they'll only say TNA because it doesn't exist. It's like yeah. the boogeyman. Um, Bloody Mary. This is really good for Damn. DJZ. He is an awesome cruiserweight. He's going to do great in the 205 Live Division and in NXT. That's all he'll do here, but I'm not against that at all. I mean, that's really the best you can hope for if you sign with WWE these days. You you do really good in NXT, and then you go and you make easy money on the roster doing next to nothing. Yeah, either that or you get a commentary position. And it's sometimes... Fucking that doesn't even work out. In fact, pasty, commentator Percy Watson is done with WWE. Can you believe that? Oh, shit! He wants to move into acting Where did and he to commentate? other interests outside wrestling. I don't remember wrestling. him commentating. Well, Watson was a commentator from 2016 to 2018, pasty, calling the action for 205 Live and Main they Event. Still do Why main weren't you event? watching those shows? <laughs> I thought, I thought this... 205 replaced Main Event, really. <laughs> Earlier this year, though, he was replaced on 205 Live by Aiden English and replaced by various commentators on main event as well. Wait, Aiden, Aiden English isn't wrestling to anymore? NXT. This, no. this news is full of news. This is so meta. It's, this is Ooh, a, this it's is a deep. News. It's a news well. Um, so he went to NXT earlier this year, and being as we're not even halfway through this year, you might be surprised to find out that he... Uh, is no longer there. He actually called action for the recent Worlds Collide shows on the WWE Network, also as well as the I've been NXT meaning to tapings, watch that. I still got to. I still haven't watched it either. Um, but Watson has now been replaced by Beth Phoenix on NXT. So, uh, uh, good luck, Percy Watson, in your future endeavors. Thank you for staying on commentary, Beth Phoenix, and not making a real in-ring return. At yeah, least for will. now, it'll probably happen. That's. You it's probably it'll, the it'll only happen. reason. The only reason Edge and Christian came back to do the second season of the show. He's like, okay, but you got to give my wife something. Pacey, it'll happen and it'll be killer. It will be killer. Just like PW Insider reporting on Monday that Killer Cross has been unhappy with the current contract he signed with Impact. Ooh, finally a guy who's unhappy there. Seems like everybody's very happy to be there. <sighs> Well, I'm unhappy with Killer Cross being there myself. So you know what? We're in we're in unison here, singing the same song. Yeah, he's been uh, says he signed with Impact a year ago. He's been unhappy, and he requested a raise in pay that is based on what he believes his market value could be outside of the company. That works real well for people like Leo Rush. Yep. <laughs> he is reportedly pushed for a six-figure guaranteed deal that would bring him far more than he was currently making working for Impact. What fucking company is giving him that would be my big question. Uh, probably WWE. <laughs> Doubt it. it would, well, I mean, who else would pay that much money for him? Not AEW. Nah, I don't think so. I hope not. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, while the major issue has been on the money side, he has also raised concerns about how he's being used from a creative standpoint. The Canadian promotion countered with an offer for a new restructured three-year deal, but the money offered was less than half of the six figures Cross was looking for. Cross got Cross and turned down the new deal. 
and asked for his release in order to explore options elsewhere. Shades. Shades of Leo. Yep. Oh, boy. New tag team. They're going to go and they're going to fight Enzo and Cass somewhere in an indie that nobody cares about. Uh, Rush, baby. As of this recording, Killer Cross's request for release has not been granted. Relations between the two sides are said to still remain professional, at least for the time being. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice you to know, see I... other companies putting stupid asses in their place. Uh, yeah. I've said it in the past. Um, I, I don't dislike Killer Cross, but I'm not a fan of his, and I don't need to see him. No, Killer Croc is way better. He, he's badass. I like Killer Croc. <laughs> um, but Killer Croc, you know, he can't wrestle and fight anymore because he's had too many concussions. And another person who has had quite a few concussions lately. Boy, all the dogs are gone, man. It's fucking wild. There's something going on with the moon. Alexa Bliss Pasty is no longer going to compete at Sunday's Money in the Bank that we alluded to earlier, Illusion. but we did not tell you why. And the reason is she is not medically cleared, allegedly due to another concussion. As Donald Trump would call it, collusion delusion. Exactly. WWE claims a suitable replacement will be named ahead of the event. And in fact, Nikki Cross, just today as of this recording on Thursday, was revealed to be her replacement. Now it is worth noting, Pasty, Alexa was cleared for in-ring return earlier this year after missing three months due to a previous concussion issue. Bliss was on this week's WWE European Tour, but she did not wrestle in any matches. She was also scheduled for a four-way match on Raw this week, with the on-air reason for her not showing up being she lost her luggage. Yeah, and then Nikki I, Cross was all normal and not crazy and babyface like, and she's like, "I'll, I'll, I'll take one for you." So yeah, that's weird. I, I love Alexa Bliss, but I'm worried about all these concussions. It, it looks like her career could be cut short. She hasn't even had a match since being cleared to wrestle, and she can't wrestle. I think it's time to hang it up. To be honest, I mean, Corey Graves did it, and he did it gracefully. Do it gracefully. There's still plenty yeah. for her to do in the company. She's she's an oh my asset. God. She's a her huge personality asset. is amazing. Yeah. Fucking replace for replace sure. Renee with Bliss. I'd be okay with that. Sure, Renee's probably going to be leaving as soon as her contract's <laughs> up. Anyways, one would assume. Maybe you know all that's still fucking. Who knows? Nobody knows. For all you know, they could pop up in uh, All Elite Wrestling. But if they did, they would be on our weekly Elite Dirt Sheet. Which is coming up right now, folks. It's the weekly Elite Dirt Sheet. Where we geet, skeet, skeet, and we bring on the heat. Yeah. After months of waiting and speculation, Warner Media made news official Wednesday morning that the Warner Media upfronts the same event where Rick and Morty Season 4 was announced to be releasing this November. AEW Television is scheduled to begin airing live two-hour show on TNT, as well as streaming them through Warner Media's Bleacher, Bleacher Report, Report live. live, B slash R live for those hip to the jive. And on pay-per-view. 
The deal involves an advertising revenue split between Warner and AEW. No rights fees will be paid to AEW, but Warner will handle the production costs. Michael Quigley, Executive Vice President, Commercial Operations, Content Strategy, and Monetization for TBS and TNT said... You want to you want to you want to explain that again? What is what exactly is his job there? He is the executive vice president, commercial operations, content strategy and monetization for TBS and TNT. Wow. That's a lot of jobs. He, he you know wears a lot of hats. When you have that long of you a should really quantize those hats. Bear that albatross. You really should. He, he bears an albatross, buddy. I want to draw a, a bear that's an albatross. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> so what did this fine albatross bearing fella say that's gonna wind up being the title for this show <laughs> I'm, I'm down with it i'm 100 percent down with it because we have nothing right now <laughs> albatross uh, to bear what did what, what's his albatross saying now he said all elite wrestling is a talent forward fan first league whose inclusive approach to creating high quality athletic wrestling competitions is already making waves with fans and attracting top tier wrestlers. It is high adrenaline gripping entertainment and we can't wait to bring it to fans everywhere with this game changing new business. Nice. Journalist John McMullen said platform is an amazing and there is an unprecedented deal for a startup confirmed from a source on the television side that there are no rights fees but it's being treated like a sports property so production fees are there and a great advertising split for aew remember it took vince mcmahon nearly 20 years of producing highly rated television before he got a somewhat significant rights deal from viacom TNA Impact once had Hulk Hogan, Sting, and Randy Savage and couldn't get this kind of platform. It's an amazing deal that those in AEW are ecstatic about. The one-hour pre-show before Double or Nothing, The Buy-In, will air on Warner Media and AEW's social media channels. Wrestling fans have wanted and needed something different, authentic, and better. For far too long, said Tony Khan, president and CEO of AEW. AEW is answering the call. AEW is about more than wrestling. It's about a movement fueled by wrestling fans who have been underserved and perhaps even disappointed by what the industry has produced in recent years. AEW is rising to the occasion with double or nothing, and today is taking a step further by partnering with Warner Media, which is as committed as as we are to making wrestling fans the one and only priority. This is the awesome news that we have been waiting oh, for. Oh, just... It shined down on us like the sunshine these last couple of fucking beautiful Minnesota afternoons. Oh, yeah. <sighs> this this legitimizes AEW as a true wrestling uh, brand. Folks, they really are WCW right now. I, I don't want to say that because <laughs> that can both be misleading. Oh, I know. I negative. say it for all sides. I do because I know all sides of the story. You got your WWE guys who are going to fucking hate regardless of what happens. And right. <sighs> but remember, not only is AEW different from the NWA, which was a long running and Jim Crockett promotions, which was long running 
contingency long before they joined Turner. But the TNT today is an extremely different version than TNT was in the early 90s and probably even a more different version than it was in 2001 when it completely dissolved WCW. Yeah, I think it would have to be to survive after that kind of whole shit fest. Uh, this is really cool. I mean, it's, it's exactly what you had predicted. I thought TBS, it's kind of the same thing at the end of the day. Right. Um, it is, uh, as we were talking about before the show, it is a shame that they're um, lying on old school and pushing pay-per-views as hard as they are when so many have streaming services that are available for a reasonable price. $50 pay-per-views. If they do for a year, if they do for a year, I could be okay with that. But I'm not going to, I didn't buy every pay-per-view when WWE was doing them once every month. Yeah, but keep in mind, Pace, they're asking fans, and I'm all for AEW, I'm going to watch every show and I'm backing them 100%. I'm so super psyched for this. So don't, don't take me as being negative or against them. But I'm also, I've always been completely honest about WWE. I've always been completely honest about Impact and Ring of Honor and New Japan. I'm going to be completely honest about these guys. To ask fans to pay 50 bucks for a pay-per-view for a wrestling company that has never put on a single show is asinine. If they don't do this for long, I think it's okay. Like, I mean, it's the first one. No, it's not. I mean, it's just like, it's just they, like having a Patreon no or a record. GoFundMe, kind of. You know what I mean? Kind of, but people that invest in those things have been watching or listening to things for for a long yeah, time. but you can't tell me that you you look at that card and say that's not worth fifty bucks. I can look at you and say that I can say I don't want to pay fifty bucks, but that card's no, worth. I can it. look at that card, pasty. I can look at that card and say, for fifty dollars, I can invest in multiple other streaming services and get more quality per capita. For that fifty bucks, than I can get in those two hours or three hours. Yes, I can say that. I don't know easily. I, I personally in fact, think, especially I can spend Pacey, I can spend ten bucks for WWE Network and go and watch all the old fucking AWA, NWA, WCW, WWE classic programming for ten hours, which are matches that I know are amazing. Yeah, but I mean, if you for look at bucks. it, the WWE Network in the current times. The shit you watch now and you don't care for, and you're still paying monthly for the WWE Network, you could easily turn around and pay fifty bucks for this pay per view, and it wouldn't hurt you. How? For for three hours? Yeah. So you honestly think that the quality program that's on WWE Network, you don't think that you can find three hours worth of quality programming on WWE Network? That would sustain you as just well as much as, as your duty as an American to go out and vote for the president you want when it comes time to go to the polls. It is your duty as a professional wrestling fan to support the company that is leading the charge for change in the wrestling universe. No, I will argue that because you do not fucking they are not asking you to pay money to vote for the president. They're asking you for 50 bucks to say that you like them better than WWE. Right. No, no, no. AEW will fuck you up front. The president will just fuck you later. True. 
But I, I, I honestly, I see the value in it and, and supporting this young company right off the bat. I think it's good for them. I think if they don't go forward through this, maybe six months down the line, there's some kind of a Warner streaming service that they can all be on where it's a reasonable fee. I'm all for that. But I, 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 I'm pretty sure I'm paying for it. Pasty, you and I are just going to have to agree to disagree because in, in 21 years, I'm not going to pay for that. I paid $50 for hell in a cell and it wasn't even good. Okay. I can, I can do this. Well, pasty. Speaking of 21 years. On this all elite dirt sheet, we have to let people know something positive. Um, all elite wrestling pasty has signed 21 year old Joshi star Rio to a five show deal. Now Rio is a 13 year old veteran having wrestled her first match in May of 2006 for the ice ribbon promotion at only the age of nine. As for why only five shows, well, Monkey's Uncle Dave is saying, quote, Rio wants to see how she likes working in the U.S. before she commits to a longer deal, as she's currently a free agent. And you know, that makes sense. We all know that uh, Shinsuke Nakamura had the same kind of uh, thought process, although his career hasn't turned out great, but it could end up being better. We don't know. Now, a lot of people listening to this probably don't know Rio, but I think you're going to earn some respect for her by the end of this podcast because Rio became the first Triple Crown champion in Ice Ribbon, having won the Ice 60 Championship, the International Ribbon Tag Team Championship, and the Triangle Ribbon Championship once each. She also became a DDT Saka. Six-person tag Good team. Job. Thank you. I was worried about that one. UWA World Trios and DDT Nihon Kai Six-Man Tag Team Championship, which she won with Mr. Number Six and a certain Kenny Omega. The she also unified those three titles in July 2010 with the team consisting of her, the great Kojika, and Mr. Number 6. Rio then left Ice Ribbon in September 2012 to join Gato Move Pro Wrestling, where she won the IWA Triple Crown Championship. I hope there's other Mr. Pasty. Numbers. That's, that's where I'm at right now. Like, I hope he's that's not awesome. alone. Is, there was no Mr. Number 5 <laughs> through 1. It's just Mr. Number 6. Well, is, is, is he the first one after Johnny 5 then? I'm telling you. Mr. Six is for dicks. To put this in perspective, in all, she is a 12-time champion, including being the current Queen of Asia champion in Singapore Pro and current Super Asia champion in Gato Move. Again, remember, she is only 21 years of age. Kenny Omega and Rio have some history together, Pasty. They have teamed together on five separate occasions and are currently undefeated together. In fact, the last time that they teamed together, they defeated Kiori Yanemyama and Masa Takanashi on the Gato Move Japan Tour in 2013. 
Omega actually showed Cody a video of her during a recent Being the Elite episode. That is really cool. Very young talent that's been around for for a long time. And contrary to, to popular belief that's going around on a lot of the news sites, she was not the nine-year-old that Kenny Omega wrestled in DDT, although she did wrestle in DDT when she was nine years old. I would assume so. With a career like that, I mean, that's you kind of got to pass through there, right? DDT has some pretty loose and wild moves, (laughs) man. A very mysterious ice cream being Cesaro. I mean, Christ. Uh Mm Uh-huh. Well, All Elite Wrestling is continuing to flesh out its roster of referees. After signing referee Rick Knox last week, they've now added another referee in the form of Ring of Honor veteran Paul Turner. Wow. He had been with Ring of Honor for several years and was one of their top referees alongside Todd Sinclair. They have also acquired the services of Aubrey Edwards, a female referee who was working for WWE's NXT brand and refereed for the May Young Classic and WWE Evolution Pay. Per view is that my bay? That's, That's my bay. Hell yeah! That's Hell the yeah. girl. I was really hoping she, she would have got some AEW. like strong spotlight in WWE, but I'm happier she's here. Getting a strong yeah. spotlight, yeah. Buddy. She's uh, more power to her. Hell of course, yeah! Uh, you get the best. Well, of course, because I saved the best for last, and that is Impact Hall of Famer Earl. Robinocker. We were just fucking talking opt- about this like two weeks ago, last week even. Shit, yeah, <laughs> we were. We said he's the next guy that needs and to he go. Did. He's opted to go all in with all elite. Now this is a fucking major acquisition. Huge. As far as in ring officials go, with Hebner having over four decades, pasty. That's all. That's more than I've been alive. More than you've yeah. been alive. More than four decades wrestling experience. Earl is one of the most experienced and well-known wrestling referees in the world and still currently working in the squared circle. Now they just need red shoes, and then they got everybody. I'm telling you, he started out pasty in 1977. And since then, he has worked as a referee for a number of well-known promotions, including TNA and NWA and the aforementioned WWE. He has been the referee of some of the most very significant matches in the history of our business, though Pasty is probably best known for his 17-year tenure with the Yes, indeed. And he he refade he he refade. You quantize that word. He did that a lot. Damn right. It's it's his albatross to bear, you know. <laughs> but he refereed many main event matches for the WWE WWF. But he is most infamous. For the 1997 Survivor Series Montreal screw job between Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. Yes, indeed. Um, you can't talk about wrestling and not know who Earl Ebner is. I mean, this man is. To me, to me, he's as synonymous with professional wrestling as as Jr. You know what I mean. Earl Hebner is to American wrestling fans as Red Shoes is to New Japan wrestling yes. fans. He's just there. He's just always going to be there. He's got that face, man. He's got such a dumb, dead face, and, and I love it. I just want to squish it. 
He's gonna die in he's, the ring. He's a human. He's, hit a he's a human pug, and then he's gonna die, and it's gonna be a hell of a fucking. Earl ending. Hebner is a human pug, and I just want to squish his cute face. Oh my god, I want to squish <laughs> Who's going to steal our t-shirts and sell them on the side? You are. <laughs> well, if any company can handle that, it's a t-shirt company such as All Elite Wrestling, I tell you what. You're damn right. They can handle They probably, them, they probably, that's you what they're paying, they're paying him in merchandise to sell. <laughs> Maybe he's making their merchandise and that's how he got in on it. He's like, hey, I can make a merchandise. I went legit, guys. Cheap. I did it with WWE a while ago, buddies. You have no idea. <laughs> so good. Oh, it's the it's, coolest thing. It's, it's good uh. shit, man. It's good shit. The only news that could be bigger than this is if they had a fucking huge name for a new commentator. Well, but since this is the end no, of the No, 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 no. Lucky for you, I, uh, I did some digging. What? I did some fucking... I'm a sleuth and a detective, and we're um, actually ahead of the curve on this one. Gosh, we got as far as now, I don't think any real media sources have reported this. Oh, bust it out, buddy. Bust it out. Well. Bust it out like the old uh, Bukaki horror, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, can, can we do the safety dance version where we bust it in rubbers and just kind of pour it on them? I think that's our <laughs> albatross the bear, buddy. Quantize that hoe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is so good and i'm so proud to bring this to you guys the all elite commentary team of jim ross alex marvez and excalibur is about ready to roll tide as all elite wrestling.com slash roster now includes a card for conrad thompson oddly enough this has been out for 24 hours at the time of this recording and we have yet to hear anyone report on this outside of a tweet from ryan satin this is huge news. Huge news. And the rumor and speculation on the internet is Conrad Thompson is still maintaining the fact that he is independent of AEW as of this time. It's bizarre because you can literally go to their website slash roster and he is there. You want to hear something fucking crazy, Pacey? I recently found out that he's the fucking son-in-law. Of no Carter. way. Oh! oh, that's a huge albatross to bear telling you that's a huge bear naked albatross so obviously we don't know what his job will be in the (laughs) company or even if it's just what he's been doing he would be so good on the commentary team him and jim ross oh i i'm with you i'm with you that's where i'm going i would love to to actually hear him in the booth or, or or on the bench or wherever they have their commentating team um, I'm reserving myself to the fact that it could just be that he's a liaison to the public. Yeah. Um, so, and they could just give him an official title and put him on the payroll so that he can do what he's been doing, which is basically just, just going to their media appearances and being a well-spoken individual who has knowledge of the wrestling industry. And, and I'm okay with that. But man, if they actually put him in the booth... And maybe, maybe he'll prove us wrong and he sucks. We don't know because we all think we're great until we actually do it. But having listened to Conrad for years of my life, 
I think he would be. Dude, awesome. He'd be so good. He'd be so good. And I'm hoping, looking at this, like, please don't let it be a four man table. We don't need that shit. WWE tries this kind of shit, and we hate it. Let it be two guys, and it's a rotating kind of thing. And yeah, rotating. yeah, yeah. Uh, MLW is doing that lately. Uh, my my big or question here, have... though, is when WWE goes to allelite.com slash roster and finds this out, is Bruce Pritchard and Conrad Thompson going to be allowed to go forward with their podcast, which could be the podcast that WWE.com has been talking about bringing on for the WWE Network. Whoa. Whoa. Ooh. Things are getting bizarre here. It's getting wild. It's getting wacky. And that's about the time where we guys leave you guys hanging to dry for the week. (laughs) With that being said, uh, we got a lot of editing to do. We got work to do. We got shit to do, folks. But we're glad that you joined us for this super jam-packed episode that I think we fit everything in in a nice little bag. Oh, yeah. Tied it up real nice. It's now an albatross for us all to bear together. Truly. With that being said, of course, as always, I am AEW's head commentator, Fat Mac. And I am Pasty White. Wait, quantize that. Just Pasty. There you go. And we'll, uh, beef your mom sometime. Smell my fingers. Bukaki ho!